Helping students and healthcare professionals not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichart, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries. So welcome to another episode of CMDA Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Riker, National Director of Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. And my guest today is Dr. Atasha Jordan. Thank you, Dr. Jordan, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Bill. Before we dive into our conversation, let me just give you all, our viewers, our listeners, a brief bio of Dr. Jordan. Dr. Atasha Jordan is a Christian resident psychiatrist in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. She earned her AB in neurobiology at Harvard University and completed her MD MBA program at the University of Pennsylvania. Originally from Barbados, Dr. Jordan has a passion for serving patients with mental health issues in the US and in the Caribbean. Particularly, Dr. Jordan aims to highlight the important intersection of faith and mental health, especially as it relates to Christianity. So as I've teed up your bio, uh, Tasha, um, this is gonna give us a bit of a roadmap into where we're gonna be going with our conversation today. Let me just kind of begin with a general question. Why is mental health in the church important for us to be discussing today? Thanks, so it's such an important question from so many different levels. Um, When we think about mental health, just period, in the country, we know that with the pandemic, it really has highlighted both the challenges that people are experiencing and in some ways the way that the system is having trouble responding to those needs. Uh, And then what we see in the church in particular is that there still exists quite a bit of stigma related to whether or not people should reach out to mental health services, what do mental health services have to do with our faith and is that showing a lack of faith? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also how are the people in the churches who are in leadership how are they able to respond to the needs of the folks in the church who are more than likely coming to the leaders for help, definitely more likely than they are to come to someone like me who's a psychiatrist? Yeah, I want to press in on that issue because it seems like this day people are very forthcoming, maybe even too forthcoming about their mental health issues, the the things that they're struggling with. And yet, I know you mentioned it's still a bit of a stigma in the church. Mm-hmm. And again, you kind of maybe touched on it briefly, but I'd love for you to expand on that. Why Why do you think it is still, is it a matter of, again, uh, a lack of evidence of faith as one would presume if I have these, these issues, I'm not trusting God enough. Is there more to it than that? Yeah, it, it relates to that. And also it depends on what's coming from the pulpit. Uh, there's no set teaching when it comes to seminary schools about the way that pastors and other leaders should relate to mental health when it comes to the way they're preaching. So there are people who are preaching that mental health challenges are actually coming from spiritual deficiencies or that someone is lacking spiritual health if they're experiencing mental health issues. So it really, a lot of it comes from that. And to your point about, you know, whether people are talking too much about their mental health issues right now, I don't think there's such a thing. Mm -hmm. I think I'd love to see it that people are open to having these conversations because having the conversations is a big part of how we can reduce the stigma. Okay. Well, have you noticed a, a deficiency in your own experience? In other words, what got you interested on the subject? Is there something that you saw a gap in your background, upbringing, your church environments that you've been at that made you think, you know, there, I need to be leaning into this. This is an area that I need to begin to build this bridge. 
Absolutely. I, I would say that it's been both from the personal perspective and from the professional. And, and it just happens to be that I get to kind of blend the two together. Um, so I'll give an example from the professional side of things. Uh, when I started off my residency training, we started off in inpatient units. And that tends to be where someone is experiencing kind of the worst version of a mental health crisis because they needed to be hospitalized. Mm. Oftentimes, faith-based topics come up in those settings and it can be related to someone having let's say it's delusions or psychosis and or mania things like that but wanting to make sure that we weren't equating spiritual content to pathology specifically so that's that's part of how this came up for me that i wanted to make sure people's faith wasn't being pathologized in the field of psychiatry um, the other side of it was in my church so when i had a conversation with some of the leaders in the church it really made it clear that they did not have the knowledge that they maybe wanted to have when it comes to the different types of mental illnesses that exist. So the example I'll, I'll give on that side is that one, I gave a talk at my church to the leaders and after the talk, one of the pastors shared that he didn't realize that addiction was an illness and that he always saw it as a moral failing. And so for me to be able to be able to put in that type of information into the community to say, hey, there are issues that people face that, you know, maybe there is some degree of sin that may have led to the onset of certain behaviors. But over time, addiction really does take in in a way that is a part of someone's biology in a way that is really illness linked that needs treatment from a medication perspective. So it was those types of very organic conversations and experiences that made me realize there is a need for this. People kept then asking me to talk about it. So it, it really was just a response to the need that I saw. So it seems like although there may have been some gaps in understanding, once you kind of lean in on the subject within your church, there was a receptivity that people were, were wanting to know more and learn more and, and to, to see how they can obviously apply their faith to these mental health issues and, and how there is... Um, uh, psychiatrists like yourself that can really come and provide real care and help in those moments. But let me let me flip the script a bit and talk about the other side because how is your faith perceived? How is this integration and bringing faith into uh, mix with psychiatry being received by your psychiatric colleagues? Let me let me pose that. Yeah. So it's a nuance to what you just said. So you said my faith, bringing that into my work. Mm -hmm. And I actually try not to do that. Um, I, I think it's important to make sure that when I have these conversations, I actually talk about it from the perspective of faith more broadly speaking. So I'm thinking about how does the patient's faith impact the way that they see the world and how could we bring their faith into the office or the clinic or the emergency room, wherever we're seeing the patient. And then at the same time, I also encourage providers to think about how their faith or lack thereof in terms of having any kind of spiritual background might impact how they are seeing patients. So, so the way I would answer that is personally, my faith is kind of at the center of everything that I do, but I actually don't talk about my faith, definitely not with my patients, um, because, you know, the way that we're trained, it's, you know, it's about the patient. It's not about my faith and my faith belief but more so how can I pour into the patient and what they need. And then, you know, I'll share maybe personally with people about my faith beliefs, but it's not in a way that I'm trying to like put my faith onto anyone else. Uh, and I, I, 
it's, it's a hard line to, to balance, but I, I try my best. Well, it, it sounds like you understand you're, you're, you're addressing the issue as a whole person care issue that, exactly. that you're looking at that person, not just in a, in a, with physicality, but the emotional, the spiritual and all the components, because we are just that we're very complex beings. We, we're not just the physicality. There's much more to us. And, and you're willing to enter into their story and their background and, and begin to you be able to apply that, I, I, you know, yeah. in the care that you offer. OK. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's important, too, because, yes, my faith as a Christian is incredibly important. But I realize that many people who come to me may be of other faiths. And it's important to also be respectful and, and also inclusive of the way that people of other faiths may may find importance and strength in, in their faith beliefs as well. Very good. Well, you again, you, you definitely within your own background being Christian, you, you you've made bridges and uh, or created bridges in ter- in terms of discussion on this issue within your local church. How do you coach other Christian physicians like yourself to be able to bring this issue to bear in their own churches? I mean, how how can they be more effective in being able to bring this to the forefront in the conversation within their church? One of the things that I've been encouraging most recently, it's involvement with the new nonprofit that I created, the Christian Mental Health Initiative. And with that nonprofit, what we're aiming to do is to have the conversation bi-directionally, meaning that we want to go out to churches and talk about mental health, but we're also creating conversations where providers are able to think about the strategies to incorporate spirituality and religion into the assessments that we do with our patients on the day-to-day. So we're actually having a symposium coming up in May where we have speakers coming in to talk about both. You know, how do we meet churches and church leaders and church members where they're at? But we're also going to have physicians coming to talk about how do we as providers, and that's whether you're a psychiatrist, a general medicine physician, a dentist, a veterinarian, whatever have you, how are you making sure to check in that your patient, you know, are they getting positive reinforcement from their faith or maybe they're having some struggles with their faith that might actually be making their symptoms worse. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of thing that we, we aim to, to bring up. So it kind of makes me think as medical healthcare professionals are leaning in on the subject, it's, it's the old adage, you know, in case of emergency, put your mask on before you help somebody put their mask mm-hmm. on. And we have seen such an, I mean, obviously an epidemic through culture, but even within the medical profession, of men and women within their training years, students, residents, you know, as attendings, acting out in, in, in you know, in, in, pl- in ways that are self-harm, uh, the, suicidal, mm-hmm. ideation, all, all kinds of things that are just uh, sad and, and tragic and, and we're continually seeing uh, happen more and more. So how do you advise, coach, talk to that healthcare professional in terms of their own self-care so that they can be whole and healthy? so important and it's interesting that even though the work i do blends so much into who i am as a christian i still make sure to create boundaries uh so there are boundaries in terms of the time that is for the nonprofit, time for work time for my research time for patient care but then like this weekend i got to spend time with my husband and my sister my brother-in-law and their friends and we like enjoyed gallivanting around the city of philadelphia and just having a lot of fun Um, So that's one of the things that I I really talk about is having that time that really is for the things you love outside of work to to really restore your your mind, your body and your soul. And then I think another part of it that for me, I have found helpful. And when I, I chat with others, it's finding as best you can, especially if you're still in training, the the point where the things you do on the day to day actually refill your soul. 
So I can relate with folks who, you know, during medical school, it being so incredibly challenging, going in, working long hours and having to study and feeling just like you're always being critiqued and things like that. And then residency being so, so hard, working long hours um, and feeling like you don't have that time for yourself. And what I found was once the work I did, so that related to Christian mental health or just spirituality and, and psychiatry in general, the work that I do on the day to day, it feeds me. I don't feel like I'm being drained because I get to do things that I genuinely enjoy. So th that's the biggest piece of advice I give people from the work side of things. It's like, find what you genuinely love and then try to pursue that the best you can. I want to go back to the website you uh, referenced. The uh, yeah. You said it was a nonprofit, right? Christian uh, yeah. Mental Health Initiative. What are some of the tools and resources that if somebody goes on their website, they're going to be able to find? Oh, they'll find so many. Uh, so one of the big things that we offer, we offer mental health first aid training. So mental health first aid, that is a formalized evidence-based treatment that, or training modality rather, that's through the National Council for Mental Wellbeing. Uh, so we offer trainings on mental health first aid every few months. But then if you were to go to the resources tab on the website, we have over 50 resources that include national programming that has you know, information about mental illness, information about local resources for providers. Um, there are YouTube videos for people who want to learn through watching videos. There are podcasts for people to learn about mental health. And what we have really tried to do with the volunteer team is to put together resources that are specific towards Christians. Um, so some of the things that we're rolling out now is combing through, for instance, the Bible app. And they have tons of Bible plans on there, but looking for the ones that are specific for mental health diagnoses, for instance. So looking for the Bible plans that are helpful for anxiety or Bible plans that are helpful for depression so that folks can find those specific resources. And, and our goal is for this page that, you know, if there's a Christian anywhere looking for mental health resources, that they could go to this one website to find a robust list of that information. Mm, very good. Well, you know, we are Student Pulse Podcast, and I did mention to you off air that, you know, we have a, a lot of different folks in our audience, certainly. But speaking just to students, if you would, for just a minute, what, how would you encourage students to lean into this issue of mental health for themselves, for, for the, their, their peers, uh, their colleagues? Yeah, speak to the students for, for a minute yeah. on this issue, if you could. Sure. I think one of the biggest things for students is having community. Um, God did not create us to be alone. You know, when he started with Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Um, and for us all to really seek, whether that's two other people, three other people, it doesn't necessarily have to be a group of 20, but a community where you feel that you can be authentic and sharing how you're feeling so that a you recognize you're not the only one <laughs> there are other people also having a hard time and trying to figure out that process but then also you can get that support from others that for me was so incredibly important in medical school i had a core group of friends where when i was having my really hard days i could go and cry and ask them to pray with me and things like that but i also saw a therapist while i was in medical school so if you need that extra help being unashamed to seek it because we have people who are trained to help through these challenges. So those, those are some of the big things I think that can be helpful 
um, having community and, and reaching out to care if needed. Uh, that's great advice. When I was in Atlanta working with our medical schools down there, I relied heavily on some very trusted professional therapists to come alongside students and, and yeah. make them available. Of course, a shameless plug for CMDA would be a, a, you know, a ministry, a chapter, a group of others, like you just said, who are like-minded, who can mutually encourage one another. Because to your point is we were not hardwired to live alone. We are created for community and we need one another. But I'd also add, I mean, as, as important as a chapter like CMDA can be, honestly, I think if one is not in the habit of, of attending worship, of going to church on Sundays, you know, trying to really use, you know, God gave us Sabbath for a reason. And sometimes we push ourselves to the very limits that we just don't have any margin and we, we burn ourselves out. And, and again, this causes some of the issues we discussed earlier. So to be able to take that time away, to set the time aside and, uh, and to get into the habit and the discipline, spiritual discipline of worshiping with God's people is such an important thing. And we encourage that as well. So Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll go off of that to say, I, I've shared previously about even just my own personal experiences where I could track in hindsight, obviously, uh, during medical school, how my own mental and spiritual health really fluctuated with my attendance in church or participation in Bible study, where being able to be a part of that community um, and plug in even more so really helped to feed my soul in a way that I, I think I didn't fully appreciate in the time. But now that I can look back at it, uh, I, I make sure to prioritize that in my life now. Oh, this is great. This is a great conversation, Natasha. Um, we've covered a lot of ground, but as we're wrapping up, is there anything that uh, left unsaid, anything you would want to leave our, our viewers or listeners with? I would love to just encourage folks to know that there are people who think like you, people who have similar perspectives, whether that be faith, whether that be how you want to get involved in providing care for your patients, um, whatever it may be. And, and looking for that community can be such a big part of you continuing to progress in, in whatever it is that God has for you in your life. With that, mentorship is so, so, so important. I, I think getting to where I am today, obviously God being kind of at the center of the planning of it all, but then he also put really important people in my path to help guide me along the way. Um, and I'll share that I, I love mentoring. So, you know, if folks are ever interested in reaching out, um, that's something I enjoy doing. And I also am looking to work with, if anyone's interested in volunteering with the Christian Mental Health Initiative, we're looking for volunteers as well to, to help us further the mission. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's some of what I would love to share uh, with anyone who's watching. Well, thank you again for, for sharing this. Uh, thank you for being a part of CMDA and the work you do as a psychiatrist and, and, of course, the Christian Mental Health Initiative, which, by the way, the things we discuss, we'll put in the show notes. So we'll have a link to your nonprofit. We'll have some uh, ways people can reach out to you as you were talking about mentoring. Uh, we'll put all that in the show notes so people have those links. Again, Dr. Tasha Jordan, thank you so much for being on the Student Pulse podcast. And uh, we're just grateful again that you are doing the work God's called you to do. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Well, this is the part of the podcast where we tell you some things you need to know. First of all, on all of our podcasts, we encourage you to visit our website, studentpulsepodcast.com, where you can get the show notes and oftentimes the links we've mentioned with our guests, you can find there. And that information is available on every podcast. But some things you need to know is, first of all, we'd like to have you check out our Student Life app. It's on the App Store or through Google Play. And this is the one-stop shop for the information that you need to have. We have, of course, our podcasts on the Student app. We have 
uh, group studies, Bible studies that you can do personally or use in small groups or large group meetings at your campus chapter. Also, we have Faith Prescriptions. Now, Faith Prescriptions is a 20-plus curriculum video series that is available on the CMDA website, but we've made available just on the app the top five what we think are student applicable and relevant episodes that are available to you and your local student chapter. So check that out on the app as well. Also, as always, want you to check out our socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're there, and that is a place where you can get the most current information and the things that are important for you. And of course, we share a lot of pictures and you can see the kind of events that are happening all through CMDA. One of the things that's coming up is GMHC, Global Missions Health Conference, and that is in Louisville, Kentucky in early November. You can go to medicalmissions.com to get all the information, but we put that information on our socials. We put it also, we put announcements on the app. So any of those locations, you can get the information that you need to know. As always, we're grateful that you're listening to CMDA Student Pulse Podcast, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non-partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.